Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. I want to take a moment to uh, publicly recognize and welcome our new bass soloist, Luke Kleiner. Luke, it's good to have you with us. Our choral program is such a gift to all of us. Uh, This last Friday, we had a memorial service here, Friday afternoon, and I don't know, 350 or more people were in attendance. And uh, JJ was our soloist on that occasion, and I heard afterwards that somebody turned to one of our members in the pew and said, do you have music like this all the time? <laughs> and we do. And we'll celebrate that because a month from now, at the end of May, I think it's the 27th of May, we'll be celebrating Choir Appreciation Sunday. And so thank you to our choir for the way you lead us in music and in worship. We turn now to our text The story of the Good Shepherd from the Gospel of John, beginning with the 10th chapter, verse 11. I invite you to listen for God's word. I am the Good Shepherd, and the Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I've received this command from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. And so, gracious God and our good shepherd, we come this morning. We come to receive from you what you alone can give. So quiet within us any voice but your own, that we may hear your word. For we pray in Christ's name. Amen. This is probably a very familiar text of Scripture for many of you, and it's always difficult to try and say something new about the most familiar texts of Scripture. This Good Shepherd Sunday also happens to be uh, the celebration of Earth Day. So there are all kinds of uh, thoughts that went through my head as I was preparing for today. Perhaps you've seen the artist's depiction of the shepherd 
rescuing a sheep that has wandered from the fold and has worked its way down a mountainside onto a cliff and a precipice. And there's a beautiful artist rendering of a shepherd leaning over and grabbing the sheep, rescuing it from the talons of a large raptor that was about to strike. The good shepherd, willing to risk his life for the sheep. Now, many of you in the business world know that this metaphor of shepherd as leader has worked its way into the business world. All kinds of workshops, weekend retreats, self-help literature, and so on, educate us on the skills of leadership development and adult survival. Consultants get paid huge sums of money to pound leadership skills into people and identify methods and strategies for corporate growth and advancement. I mean, think about it. Everybody wants to be a leader. Nobody wants to be a follower. Nobody sees themselves as sheep. Don't believe me? Okay, how many times have you been offered an opportunity to participate in a seminar on how to be a good follower? How often do we give instructions to our children on how to follow an effective leader? When was the last time you studied the art of followership? The answer, of course, is almost never. And I suspect that attendance at any such event would be quite low. Nobody dreams big dreams of being a follower. Nobody wants to grow up to be a sheep. Infomercials invite us to follow some self-help guru to develop our innate leadership skills. Once in a while, the concept of teamwork, some kind of democratizing language like that, works its way into these seminars, but it usually means everybody working together to do things my way. But usually the goal of these events is to develop leaders, enablers, stand up in front, stand out kind of people. This is the season where all those college applicants are waiting to hear from their colleges and their first choice and second choices. Decisions are being made for the entering class in college of 2018 across the country. Can you imagine any college applicant highlighting their ability to follow? No, every student is a remarkable leader with demonstrated ability who's already started a nonprofit and is going to go out and change the world. And the competitive nature of our educational system seeks leaders. You've got to be in the top of the class with the potential to be a difference maker. So the perception is that if I'm not able to rise to some leadership status in life, then I'm kind of like that illustration that you may have seen on a t-shirt. Have you ever seen that cartoon? It shows a team of sled dogs in harness, like 12 dogs, and the entire team is facing the rear of the dogs in front of it with the waving high tailed lead dog out in front and the caption reads if you're not the lead dog the scenery never changes 
The fact is, not one of us is immune to this leader of the pack ideology. But this passage asks me to get beyond all of that. I want to be a shepherd? Well, all I have to do is die on a cross and rise in three days. Then I can be a shepherd. Far from saying that pastors are shepherds of flocks, John makes it clear there can be only one shepherd of the flock, and that is Jesus Christ. The qualifications are straightforward. You have to get crucified, die, and rise again in three days. That's what it takes to be a shepherd of God's flock. And there's only one qualified candidate to serve as the good shepherd. And the rest of us are altogether sheep. Pastors are at best border collies. (laughs) We're sheepdogs. We're Australian blue heelers, nipping at the heels of the flock to keep them from going astray. And here's another thing. Sheep are really not dumb at all. That's a bad rap that was spread by cattle ranchers for years. Sheep, just they just don't behave like cows. You see, you herd cows from behind. You hoot and you holler and you crack a whip now and again, but that doesn't work on sheep. You stand behind sheep and you make loud noises and all they're going to do is run around and come behind you because they prefer to be led. You push cows, you lead sheep. Sheep will not go anywhere that someone else doesn't go first, namely their shepherd who goes ahead of them and shows them that everything's all right. All this leadership on, or all this emphasis on leadership development has actually isolated us from one another. We seem increasingly to be like sheep who've gone astray, especially our children. In a recent article in the New York Times by David Brooks, he writes, there's a mountain of evidence suggesting that the quality of our relationships has been in steady decline for decades. In the 1980s, 20% of Americans said they were often lonely. Now, it's 40%. Suicide rates now are at a 30-year high. And depression rates have increased tenfold since 1960. And that's not just the result of greater reporting. Most children born to mothers under 30 are born outside of marriage. And there's been a 30-year decline in Americans' satisfaction with peer-to-peer relationships at work. The former Surgeon General, Murphy, summarized his experience as a doctor in an article in September in the Harvard Business Review Quote, during my years caring for patients, the most common pathology I saw was not heart disease or diabetes. It was loneliness. 
Patients came to see him partly because they were lonely and partly because loneliness made them sick. Weak social connections have health effects similar to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And a greater negative effect than obesity, he said. Over the past five years, such trends have abruptly gotten worse. In 2012, 5.9% of young people suffered from severe mental health issues. By 2015, it was 8.2%. And last year, in an article in The Atlantic entitled, Have Smartphones Destroyed a Generation?, It was charting the accelerating social collapse. Teenagers are suddenly less likely to date, less likely to leave home without their parents, and more likely to put off the activities of adulthood. They're spending much more time alone with their digital screens, and the greater the screen time, the greater the unhappiness. Eighth graders who are heavy users of social media are 27% more likely to be depressed. Now back to this metaphor of the flock of sheep. Any clever wolf, or better yet, a clever pack of wolves, knows when you're attacking a flock of sheep, the first strategy is to identify the weakest one, the slowest one, and then break them away from the rest of the flock, isolating them because they're defenseless. I'm sure you've seen images of this on National Geographic because they have them all the time. Those higher in the food chain attack those lower in the food chain. But the sad truth is, according to this article, We're isolating ourselves. We withdraw from community. We resist joining or belonging to anything that might require something of us. Some investment of our time or our money or our talent. And in isolating ourselves, we become more vulnerable and susceptible to disease and even to self-harming activity. It seems to be part of the affluenza of our day. We are isolated in our homes and we keep up appearances rather than engage meaningfully in one another's lives, relying upon each other. This last week, many of you in worship here, 9 o'clock last Sunday, saw our confirmation students who were who were welcomed into the life of our church. One young man, perhaps you saw the video of his description of his own experience as an adolescent here in our community. He described being bullied at school for years. He found a very different environment here at church. There he was targeted and isolated. Here he was welcomed and invited and included, and he received friendship and kindness. And it was a transformational experience for him that he described in his confirmation process. You see, churches are so important. They gather us in. 
They provide the kind of social network that leads to better health and to healthier communities. Now, in New England, the ancient parishes of the 17th century, among the Congregationalists especially, are never founded. If you go outside of our sanctuary this morning around the corner under the tower, you see a cornerstone that says this church founded 1941. But if you look at these old 17th century New England churches, the signs will not say founded in 1620 or founded in 1640 or founded in 1690. Instead, they use a very different and strange kind of nomenclature used nowhere else in the church, not in Europe and not elsewhere in this country. Instead, it says gathered in 1620. Gathered in 1640. Gathered in 1690. And there's something different about being founded and being gathered in. The notion is that of the sheep being gathered into the sheepfold. It's a powerful image for a society that hungers for connection. But because of its values of independence and individualism, it leads often to isolation and loneliness and alienation and hopelessness. In moments like that, the Good Shepherd responds to our deepest longings by gathering us in and offering us an alternative to the fear and the separation and the insecurities of our lives. So please, Stop exiling yourself from the flock because you don't pray enough or the right way or you don't know very much about the Bible or theology or you aren't enthusiastic enough about your church life or you're not quite sure what it is you really believe. Jesus says, you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. Listen to that. Listen to what he's saying. He does not say that we're in or out of the flock depending upon our ability to believe, but the exact opposite. Jesus says our ability to believe depends upon whether or not we're in the flock. And there's reason to believe that we are in the flock if only because we're here this morning. We're part of this flock today. And if that's true, then the chances are that the real way that believers believe is the way most of us believe, which means strongly on some days and pitifully on others. Enough faith to move mountains on some occasions and not enough to get out of bed on the others. You see, we belong to the flock not because of our certainty, but because of God's certainty of us. And the beauty is no one is able to snatch us out of God's hands. If you have a hard time hearing the voice of the shepherd, be patient with yourself. 
Because some days it sounds like a whistle. And some days it's just a... Some days it sounds like a love song. Some days it sounds like a curse. And it's not a voice that always speaks in words, much less in full sentences, but you can usually hear it sometime, if you're listening, between the time you get up in the morning and the time you lay down each day. Making you lie down in green pastures. Leading you beside still waters. Restoring your soul. You know, it's interesting, my three children who I coached in basketball when they were young, once they hit high school, they had other coaches. But you know what they would tell me? In a gym full of screaming people, they could always hear my voice from the stands. They could always hear my instructions coming from the stands. So be patient with yourself if sometimes you have a hard time hearing the voice of the shepherd. But be patient with the rest of us too. No one follows a shepherd all by themselves. We're stuck with this flock or some flock. And everyone knows that sheep are, well, sheep. They panic easily. They refuse to be pushed. They make most of their decisions based on their appetites and emotions, and they tend to get into head-butting contests for no reason at all. But stick with the flock. It's where the shepherd can be found, which makes it your best bet, not only for your survival and health, but also for your joy and happiness. Thanks be to God. Amen.